0: Um, I think hopefully the big church has learned that the church is way more than a building. Um, I think that there are probably a lot of churches out there that are in a different situation or scenario that we are uh, that have put a lot of weight on the structure, the brick and mortar of their building. And when that was taken away, there may have been a lot of questions as to what do we do next. Um, I feel like we didn't suffer from that a whole lot. I feel like we were able to get up to speed relatively quickly to how the church should look when we're kind of scattered, Um, but that mentality probably was in us a little bit too. So just learning quickly that the church is not a building, it's a people. Um, I think another lesson really, really cool is that God doesn't need normal to do stuff like what we've called normal over the past, you know, for us as a church over the past 10 years, God doesn't need that to work, Uh, whether you know it or not, like, Uh, Even though we haven't been gathering, even though we haven't been having children's programs, two kids in Origins gave their life to Jesus during the quarantine. Like, crazy. They weren't even back there. Like, two kids gave their lives to Jesus. One of them being my daughter, which is really, really cool. The other being Dane Rastatter. Uh, He gave his life to Jesus on a Saturday morning. Um, just God had been working on him, so amazing things, and and there's still more that we're going to hear, so when we all get back together, we're going to dunk some kids, we call that baptism, um, and so it's going to be a beautiful thing, so make sure, uh, we're going to wait until we can get as many people back together to do that as possible, I know we have some adults that are wanting to be baptized too, um, but just a quick lesson, God does not need normal to move, as a matter of fact, I think he works sometimes more in the abnormal, um, and here's the, the last lesson, this is probably me, maybe more so than you, um, Zoom is tiring. <laughs> like, Zoom, you know, I know if a lot of people were here, there'd be a lot of laughter, but Zoom is, is, is tiring for me. I'm an introvert by nature, and so being around a bunch of people socially and, and relationally, like, it draws energy from me and it wears me out, but uh, I can honestly say that Zoom does it more for some reason. Um, and I'm a fairly tech-savvy guy, but, like, Zoom just, it wears me out, and so I am, I am Zoom-burned right now. And uh, before all of this, I was probably on three or four Zoom calls a month with pastors around the state and, you know, premarital counseling, stuff like that we're doing for people that don't live here. Um, But man, I I probably need a break from Zoom for about a month. Maybe you do too. But I will say this. I I think that it's, it's pretty amazing that technology is where it is right now because five years ago, the church would have been floundering. Like, we would not have known what to do. I mean, five years, especially ten years ago. I mean, imagine this. There are septuagenarians that have been tuning into their churches. Those are 70-year-olds. They've been tuning into their churches on Facebook Live. Like, that wouldn't have happened ten years ago, uh, that we would have had the ability to do that. Like, 70-year-olds wouldn't have been on Facebook ten years ago, but they are now, and they were watching their churches, respectively, uh, every Sunday morning. So, as exhausting as technology can be, it's also kept us moving forward the big picture of these kind of quick hits is we have to uh, admit that we can never underestimate the gathering of God's people. Like, we can't. Like, there is no substitute. Even the digital things, like you're watching now, they're good, but they will never replace us being gathered together, singing together. Uh, I was standing back there in the corner just, you know, believe it or not, I was getting emotional. And I was just like, man, this is, This is good. I've been missing this so much, but I looked out, and there's so much more that I miss. I miss the people. Normally, I see the back of their heads while I'm back there. I miss that. Uh, Growing up from a place in which, probably in my early 20s, I was ready to walk away from the organized church. Um, I needed this. I needed this for God to just say, this is big. This is huge. Love it. Miss it. Uh, Invite people into it. Um, savor it because it's important. Not our identity, but it is a result of our identity. And so we can never underestimate the gathering. Hebrews 10 uh, tells us that we are to, to sharpen one another, to invest in one another, to push one another. And one of the ways in which it talks about us doing that is by not neglecting to gather together as some have made a habit of doing. So just remember, man, when, this, uh, it, when you're available to come back to this, when it's time, rush back. You know, don't rush, don't abandon care, don't abandon wisdom, abandon wisdom, don't do that, but come back as quickly as you feel you can. Don't put it off. Um, And even find ways in the meantime to to reach out to people, invest in people. Maybe it's a backyard cookout Uh, up north. They call it a barbecue down here. We just call it grilling. Uh, Barbecue is something in which you labor over for many, many hours. So two totally different things. But either way, find your way, (coughs) figure that out. And so today, like the main things I wanted us to talk about the lessons that we've learned, they all fall kind of under uh, one category, and before I jump into that, I just, I want to pray, and uh, if you want to pray with me, that'd be great, Um, but man, let me, let me just tell you from, from right here, we miss you uh, so much, and we're ready to see you, we're ready to see some of you that we've never seen before that have been tuning in digitally, we can't wait to meet you, um, and we can't wait to love you, so let's pray. God, we love you first and foremost. Thank you that you love us best. You love us first. You teach us what it means to love one another by the way that you love us. God, thank you for technology today. Even as difficult as it can be, as confusing as it can be, um, God, I thank you that it's available and we're able to utilize it. Uh, Today, as we look at your word, as we think uh, backwards so that we can look forward, uh, God, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would move. God, I also pray you would continue just to guide us, bless us with wisdom, to know how to gather, when to gather, And what that looks like. Um, Continue just to push us to a place that we rely on you more than anything else. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I think over the past couple of months I've been just, I really have been optimistic. Um, I've been trying to look at what we needed to learn from all of this. And so I have been kind of silver lining it. It's bothered some people. And up until the past few weeks, like I have, I've been super like upbeat about this whole thing. But honestly, the past two weeks I've just been tired. I've been worn out, like, it's, it's amazing to me that I feel like I've done more work in the past two months than I did in the 24 months leading up to this, even though I, I rarely left my house. Um, it was just a, a lot of work. But I do believe that if we're, if we're paying attention, I don't believe that every calamity and every pandemic, I don't think that they're all, like, God just doing it to teach us something, but I believe that God's not going to waste these opportunities uh, in an effort to show us something that we were missing. Um... And I think this is the biggest lesson, and we're going to look at a couple ways in which this plays out. Uh, This is the biggest lesson I think that we need to learn in all of this. The church, the big church, origins being a part of that big church, uh, we need to lead the way. Several ways, dot, dot, dot. But we need to lead the way. The people of God called out of their sin by Jesus into light from darkness, redeemed by grace through faith, inhabited by the Holy Spirit, linked to God through the life, the death, the birth, the resurrection of Jesus, all of those things we need to be leading the way in several key areas. Uh, There are government entities, there are programs in place, uh, there there are systems, there are funds, there are all these things set up by other organizations, but I can tell you today, right now, with great assurance that the church is better equipped to do what needs to be done than any of them. Than any of them and it's not about money it's not about skills it's about the Holy Spirit that has been supplanted into the lives of believers as a result of the promise of Jesus and as a result we have been made ready we have been made able and we have been equipped to do the works of God here and now and if we miss that it's all for nothing It's all for nothing. Then it's just been a pandemic in which there's been lives lost, in which there's been trust broken, in which there's been all of these negatives but no positives. But if we just stop and see that the church is made ready, is made able, it has been equipped to do certain things that no one else can do, it will not be for loss. It will not be wasted. I think there are three things uh, that we need to see in which the church needs to be leading the way. John 13, I think we've got that passage, if you can read that, uh, we're going to pop it up on the screen, super familiar passage, we talk about it extensively, um, as we should, but in John 13, after Jesus washes the disciples' feet, um, after serving them in what would be or should be a very embarrassing way for the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah, the author, the creator of all things, to wrap a towel around his waist, to take in the place of a servant to wash nasty feet, uh, even alluding to washing hours. after that he says this, Um, He says, a new commandment that I give to you, that you are to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This was not a new idea, um, but it was a new commandment because now he was telling them, I am telling you that you must do this. And if you do this, there will be a result. Number one, you're going to love people like Jesus. But if you love people like I love you, the world will see me. The first way in which the church needs to be leading the way is in the way in which we love one another. And the one another we've talked about, there's a love one another, there's a love your neighbor, which we'll get to in just a second. But the love one another, it is the family, the way that we love one another. Galatians even tells us that find every opportunity to do good, especially good for those that are in the household of faith or those that are in the family. And so we need to be leading the way in which we display our love to one another. Here's the issue in this pandemic, in this chaos. And there's division everywhere across the board. And and we'll get to more of it in just a minute. And it's probably going to hit really close to our southern home. But but there's major division everywhere right now, even even in the church. We have let um, some science and some opinions divide us. And like I've even talked about Greenville. I talked to several pastors this week and I said, I feel like Greenville is a powder keg right now. I feel like it's ready to blow because there's like no middle ground right now. There's extremes on both sides, but very few, like, there's very few balanced opinions. You may be sitting there and saying, my opinion's balanced. Good, I'd love to hear it. But, but for the most part, I don't hear a lot of balanced opinions. I hear right or, or left, whatever direction we want to apply up, down. Um, it's, it's not about politics, but just where we've landed on things. And you know what? Here's the deal. The opinions about the pandemic, the opinions about the virus, guess what? At the end of the day, they're just opinions, These are not facts, these are not moral issues, these are not doctrinal issues, yet we have placed them on such a high pedestal that we've been willing to sacrifice friendships over this. We've been willing to push people away, we've been willing to look down on people as ignorant for the way that they think or feel based on whatever particular news outlet they watched that day, whatever particular article they read that day and how they feel about it. Here's the thing, let me say this, however you feel about this right now, it's okay However you feel about all of this right now, to be honest, it's okay. Unless, unless you're letting how you feel about this uh, break relationships, especially within the church. If you've allowed how you feel to, to hurt other people or you've allowed it to affect the way that you think about other people, that's not okay. That, that would be called sin, in which case we deal with sin the way that we deal with sin. We confess, we repent, we turn from that, we give it to God, and we ask God to fix what was broken. We have to be leading the way in the, in the how and when we love one another. The way that we love one another is we hear an opinion, we don't let it affect what we think about that person. We hear an opinion and you know what we do? We give preference to that person over ourselves. Now it doesn't mean that we abandon all wisdom, it doesn't mean that we abandon you know, the science that we've read, it doesn't mean that, but what it does mean is that we strive to go out of our way to respect that person far more than we respect our own opinion. If, say, here's the two extremes. This person doesn't want to be around people. What do you do? You say, okay. How about we call? How about we do a Zoom chat instead? How about we all sit in our backyard, on our phones, and and we do a Zoom cookout? Or a barbecue if you live up north. Like I said, we do a Zoom cookout. You know what you're doing? You're giving preference to them even if that's not your opinion. Maybe your opinion is is the far extreme of that, that you want to be around everybody. Uh, You feel like you should lick doorknobs and, and I'm being tongue-in-cheek right now, but there are some people that feel like, you know, we need to, we need to get this virus in us. If that's you, hey, you know what? I'm not going to argue with that because, again, not a doctrinal issue, not a right or wrong issue, your opinion. But to a degree, like, I need to hear that. Do I need to adopt how you feel about that? No, but I need to hear that, and, and I'm not going to try to talk you out of that right now. Why? Because it's, it's an opinion. It's a conjecture. What we have to understand is that on any given day, we're going to get information from 20 different sources saying 25 different things. And so right now, there's just a ton of unknown. So what we have to do is we cannot base our affections and our love on people on the unknown. We have to base it on the known. And the known is this. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another the way that I've loved you. We let what we know inform what we don't. We need to be the examples. We need to lead the way. Because you know what? Not only is the church stratified over this, every single neighborhood in America is stratified over this right now. And they need to see that the church, those who claim to be bound to Jesus, wearing the name of Christ, even on our title, derogatory or not, uh, we need to be different. We need to be set apart, like Stephen talked about last week. We need to be different. We need to love one another, give preference to one another, maybe even sacrificing our own stance in order to take care of one another. We need to lead the way in which we love one another. Uh, maybe, maybe you need to do this. Um, Maybe you just need to stop and ask God, hey God, is my opinion costing me relationships? Is it causing me to push people away? And if it is, confess, repent, deal with it. Sin. We can't let the unknown uh, override the known. We can't let it do it. The known, I've commanded you, love one another the way I've loved you. And then, as a result, by the way that we do it, those people in the rest of the country that are not bound to Jesus, by grace through faith, uh, they're going to see the way that we love each other and they get to see Jesus. Love one another, lead the way. The second thing is this, uh, in Mark chapter 12, just kicking back to another gospel, Jesus was being asked by uh, some lawyers, believe it or not, about what's the greatest commandment. You know, what's the most important? They were trying to catch him, and Jesus answered, Mark 12, verse 29, he said, uh, the most important is this, hear, O Israel, or Shema Yisrael, hearkening back to the Shema from the Old Testament, he said, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Yep got that, believe it. Here's the second, verse 31. He said, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Man, if we are loving our neighbors as ourselves, it's going to look a lot the way that we love one another. But here, we're going to go out of our way to make sure that not only we're displaying our love for them, but we're finding opportunities to serve them. That quote that John talked about, that the, you know, the idea that the thing that he had learned is that the church doesn't need another religious or Christian gathering, it needs the people of God being the people of God, being the church, that's what we have to be in this. We have to find opportunities to go out of our way to serve those around us, our neighbors, those who live across the street, those who work in the cubicle beside you, those who you may see every single day in publics, mask or not, it doesn't matter, even those that are walking the wrong direction in publics, I don't care. We have to find ways to serve them, love them, meet them where they are. We have to lead the way in serving. Like I said, the government has set up funds, all of this stuff. We are far better equipped than any of them. Now, granted, we can't test people, but we can support those who do. Thankful to your, thankfully, for your donations and, and contributions that you've been giving to Origins, we've been able to feed those people a couple times again tomorrow and just say, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for putting your life on the line so that you can test people and make sure that everything's copacetic and good. Thank you for doing that. We can't test them, but we can love them. We've been equipped. And Jesus is even telling us, hey, this is the second, like the most important commandments right here. Love the Lord your God with everything you got from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot and everything in between then just like it or like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Want the same good for them that you want for yourself. Lead the way into the way that we love one another. Find ways to serve. Find ways to give tangible examples in the ways in which we love one another. All people. All people. We start on the inside of the family and then we work our way out find opportunities. And we do this in all times, not just in pandemic, but again, in these crazy times, opportunities are heightened. Needs are heightened. There are, just, there are just opportunities for us to go out and meet these needs just for people, just because Jesus loves them. Therefore, we're commanded to love them too. So love them. Love those neighbors in proximity and those relationally. Here's the last way that we need to, that the church needs to be leading the way. We need to be leading the way in healing what's broken. We need to be leading the way in healing what is broken. Man, let let me read this passage in 2 Corinthians, and then we'll talk about just the current state of life. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I may offend you in just a minute. I've offended myself this week. Uh, I think the Spirit of God's offended me over the past several years of my life thinking about some of this, so just... Hang on to your britches. We're all going to get through it. We're going to be fine. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. Ultimately, what we are called to as the people of God, we are called to continue what Jesus started. What Jesus started, person by person, life by life, ultimately leading him to the cross, was offering the ability for people to be made right with God, to reconcile them to God. And then he took that ministry and he gave it to us. He said, I am passing this to you. I have reconciled people now. I'm giving it to you. Take this same message to people and be my ambassador. Be my ambassador. You're not who you were, you're new, the old is gone, and so be new. Be reconcilers and be my ambassadors. Here's the deal. We're called to introduce people to Jesus. We are called to let them know that Jesus will forgive any and all sins they've ever committed. We are called to let them know that God loves them above all things. And if they just believe, believe like Jesus talked about in the beginning of the Gospels, if they just believe like that, they can be made right with God. We've been called to be waiters and waitresses of the gospel. Okay? We're not the ones who save, but we deliver it to people's tables on a daily basis. Sarah even mentions it in one of her quotes. She's like, hey, I've even come to the conclusion that I need to be bold. I don't wait for people's questions. I need to take the answers to them before they even ask. That's what we've been called to do as reconcilers and ambassadors. But here's the deal. We will not get to that point until we begin to heal some things that are broken. In my generation... This country has never been so divided. Never. We look at it from the outside and we think that it's, it's just a virus, the way that people think about the virus. But also, in the past two months, we found out about three people, due to the color of their skin, are dead. They're dead. They look different from me. Most likely they look different from you. They grew up different from me. They grew up different from you. But somehow in this culture, we've gotten to the place that this has not gone away. It hasn't ended. It hasn't even gotten any better to be honest. But it's now just now being videoed and shown. And if we're called to be reconcilers, if we are called to be ambassadors, how can we carry Jesus to people, this message of healing and reconciliation, unless we address this big elephant in the room? And it's in your room whether you want to admit it or not. I had a great conversation with a fellow pastor in Greenville this week who is a different color than me, and I love him dearly. And I just confessed to him, I said, you know what, I'm not afraid of offending white people. I'm not, I'll offend white people every single day. I said, but I have a great fear of saying something that would offend you because I love you and I value our friendship and sometimes I just don't know what to say. In great wisdom, great transparency, he looked at me and he said, you know what, that's okay. He said, the most important thing is that you're willing to speak. The most important thing is that you're willing to say something. Here's the first something that we need to say. If we meet someone in our midst who says that there is no racial inequality in our country, we need to speak up and say, you're wrong. If we meet someone that claims Jesus, that says that they are bound to the same God that we are, through the same means that we are, that is Jesus, inhabited by the same spirit that we are, and they insist that racism is not an issue, that there is no prejudice, that these things don't happen, we need to speak up in love and say, no, you're wrong because these things are real, they do happen. We can't deny it anymore, and here's the thing, we, we can't not talk about it anymore. Like the men and women that I love, that I know are of a different color than me, I understand that their background is different than mine, that the circumstance under which they live is different than me. I understand that I've never worried once about being stopped by a police officer because I'm driving in the wrong neighborhood. Never once. I've never once thought that I wouldn't get a job because of the color of my skin. Never once. I've never once worried that the people that I know or the people that my family knows or or have known or have been associated with loosely or closely could cost me an opportunity. Never once. And so if it bothers you that I'm talking about something called white privilege right now, I'm really not sorry. Here's what we need to do as believers as people who are trying to mimic God, to be honest, the heart of God, the heart of God is what should be on display in us, I think a lot of us just need to stop and we need to listen. We need to listen. Like if we want to begin to heal what is broken, man, we we need to listen. You may not have all the answers and that's okay, but do you know the way that we learn? We just, we ask somebody to tell us their story. Let me hear your perspective. Let me hear where you're coming from. And we we need to be open for it to change our perspective. I messaged another friend of mine and and told him we were praying for their church this morning. Um, Just kind of in a a mode of confession, you know, I wanted to tell him too that I, I don't have all the answers right now, but I'm with you. I'm with you. here's the, man, here's the kicker in all of this. After we stop and after we listen, um, we need to mourn. But some of us can't mourn because we're unwilling to see the problem. If we're unwilling to see the problem, here's what Scripture would call that. Um, Scripture would call that the sin of partiality, which we see in James chapter 2. And Scripture calls it a sin because we are valuing someone over another based on their appearance or based on their circumstance, or based on their class, or their culture, or anything like that, whatever it may be. It's called sin. And so before we can mourn, we need to repent. Before we mourn, we need to repent. And then after we repent, after we confess, after we say, God, hey, I've I've been guilty of this, uh, then we need to mourn. Then we need to mourn the things that have been broken, the things that have been lost, and then we need to pray for opportunity for us to just speak, to speak, or maybe just stand side by side with someone whose story is different from yours, whose color is different from yours, whose culture is different from yours. Man, I'm, I'm a product of the South, white male, born here, raised here, mom, dad, mom's dad, Uh, mom's parents dad's parents and so on and so forth i'm here been here all my life before my life i get it i get the struggle of me like i to be honest i don't get the struggle of my black brother and sister but i want to i want to ask i want to learn more but i get the struggle that you're experiencing right now maybe and you you feel this anger inside of you saying man these things aren't true uh there's been no privilege in me Man, we need to listen We need to listen, we need to hear people's experiences, we need to be objective, and maybe we need to be willing to admit we've been wrong, and then seek to know what's right. And I think in all of this, the church must lead the way. I mean, like, if Jesus is just telling us, love one another the way that I've loved you, Can we do that if we are ignoring people's stories? If we're ignoring their circumstance? If we're ignoring ignoring the specificity of the struggles in which they've endured? There's no way we can love people like Jesus if we're doing that. No way. And then it becomes a sin of omission because we're unwilling to do what he told us to do. And again, repent, confess, turn. Church has to lead the way. We're better equipped than anyone to go after healing. And if you don't have the answers, it's okay. Listen to find them. Ask to find them. And be patient to hear them. The church must lead the way. If this pandemic and if, man, this amazing loss that we've seen in the past several months or that has come to light in the past several months will teach us anything, hopefully it can teach us that God can fix anything. I mean, he redeemed what was broken when he redeemed me. Hopefully, he redeemed what was broken when he redeemed you. And he can redeem the other stuff that's broken, too. But the agents of his work here and now in this place are his people with his spirit inside of them. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Let me pray. and then the band's going to come up and do one more song, and then I'm going to talk about what's next for us. No, y'all are done. Sorry, my mistake. A lot of confusion today. Band's done. Go back to that pray thing, and then, uh, then we'll talk a little bit more. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus came to fix what was broken, to make family where family was not, to reconcile those who were far from his Father. God, thank you for the the gift of the gospel. Thank you for the gospel that has been lived out, has been fleshed out, has been seen in the life of your church. God, I pray that we would take full advantage of it to accept this mission of reconciliation, to be ambassadors, to be those who bear the very name of Jesus in all places, in all times, to all people. God, I pray we'd love one another well. I pray the world would see you. I pray that we would love our neighbors well, that the world would see you. God, I pray that we would be agents of healing and the world would see you. I pray that you fix what's broken, even if it's us. God, we love you. We thank you for today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being with us today. Might not have been fun, but, I mean, it's fun for me. I'm glad I'm here. Um, And all all seven people that are here, hopefully, they're glad they're here. Uh, I wanted to talk about, really briefly, uh, this is the hard part, transitions. My wife kills me all the time. I'm terrible at them. Um, Let me talk about the plan moving forward. So next Sunday, going to look a lot different. Next Sunday, we'll be back in here, or at least some of us. Here are the guidelines that we are putting in place for right now. We're trying to do, again, uh, there's not a whole lot of balance in opinions right now, so we're doing our best. to hear guidelines from from local authorities, from state authorities, from federal authorities, and we're also just trying to heed wisdom the best way that we can, and we're trying to move this process along uh, to a place in which we can gather again. So here are some of the things that we're doing. Um, First recommendation is that our number has to be limited. Um, We are doing a couple things to to put that in place. Number one, the old cigar uh, is going to set up 80 chairs in this room. We can have 80 people in this room max. Uh, We're going to spread those chairs out. If you're a couple or if you're uh, a family unit or if you're together on a daily basis, you can slide your chairs together. You can feel the warmth from the person beside you. But otherwise, we're going to spread out a good little bit. Normally, we have about 130 chairs in here, so we're going to cut that number way back and spread things out a little bit. Number two, we're going to ask you, when you come on Sunday, don't get in each other's grill, okay? Kind of give people some space, give each other a buffer, still practice the, the social distancing thing that we've heard so much about uh, in an effort to do that. If you're going to mingle, let's mingle outside if the weather permits. Uh, and generally, it's cool enough even in the summer to hang out out there and about time for us to, to get in here and, and worship, come on in then. Uh, we're not going to do any type of coffee service or, um, or food or anything like that. We know communion is supposed to happen next Sunday. We're working on a way to do that to where everyone will feel safe uh, doing that. Um, so, but otherwise, no coffee, so BYOC for a little while. Bring your own coffee or tea or whatever you want to bring. You can even bring lemonade if you're fancy. But just bring that with you. Um, a couple other things. We're going to have uh, hand sanitizing stations everywhere provided by the Old Cigar. Thank you for that. Um, and we're going to send out the CDC or the DHEC guidelines every week like on Thursday or Friday, review those, look at those. Uh, They're going to say things like, if you've had a fever in the past 24 hours, if you've had a cough, if you've exhibited any of these symptoms, stay at home. And we're going to ask you to do the same. If you've been sick or if you've been around someone that's been sick, uh, just stay at home. We're going to continue to live stream. It's going to get better every single week. Um, And so you can stick around the house for a little bit longer. Uh, We're also going to uh, not have any kids stuff going on for at least the month of June Um, We're gonna wait until about three-quarters of the way June to reevaluate what we do in July based on how things are going, Uh, but no kids stuff, and we're gonna make this request as a recommendation. Just based on the way that we know kids are, the way that we know they love each other uh, so much, uh, we're gonna ask uh, kids under 10 to stay at home for the month of June. And so if you're the parents of those kids, uh, stick around. We also ask a couple parents like, hey, if we gave you a choice come with your toddlers and try to keep them still and calm for an hour or stay at home and live stream. Before we could even finish the sentence, they were like, we'll take option B, Uh, stay at home and live stream. So we get it. We understand. So we're just going to ask kids 10 or under 10 uh, if they would remain at home for the month of June. We're not asking you to leave them at home by themselves. We understand. And so that means we may not see some of you until a later time too. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for understanding. Uh, We know this has not been easy. Um, but we can assure you we are doing everything we can to get back uh, to gathering together as a family uh, in one room as soon as we can. Not there yet, but we're getting there. We'll roll this out in phases, and we'll constantly be kind of evaluating what we need to do and and how we need to proceed. Um, And also be on the lookout for an email this week. We're going to outline all the things that we just talked about if you miss them, Um, but we look forward to seeing those of you who want to come back next week. I'll say this, if you do not feel ready to come back, that's okay. That is fine. If you do not feel like being in a room uh, with more than just the people that you're in a house with, that's okay. Stay at home uh, and live stream with that. But I would encourage you this: uh, when you feel ready, and when everything makes itself clear, that you can come back, rush back, be back. We want to see you. We want to be near you. We want to hear your voices. Uh, we want to see you uh, here in in their midst. We want all of those things. But in the meantime, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Thank you guys for being with us today. Uh, We look forward to seeing everyone as soon as we can. If you need anything, message us. If you need prayer, go to the website, click that prayer tab. We'll be happy to pray for you. Um, Thank you for continuing to give so sacrificially. Uh, It's been amazing. I don't know if we've talked about it. I can't remember everything we've said, but like record high giving. March set a brand new record for, for incoming giving to Origins. April blew that record out of the water. May looks incredibly good. And so thank you for, for doing so much. We've given so much money away to places that need it as a result of your generosity that it's been a blessing to us just to click send or to cut a check or to go and drop something off. So thank you so much for being generous. You have been the hands and the feet of Jesus in the midst of this. Continue to do that. And we look forward to being back together soon. Have a great week.